Our reading uh, this morning is from Mark, the first chapter, starting at verse 9. And you can find this on page 1002 in the Pew Bibles, and it will also be coming up on, on the screen. Mark, chapter 1, verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. So all the things that we have to consider when first preaching in the pulpit, such as the height of the lectern and which glasses are best suited to finding the um, appropriate distance. So having, having got that out of the way, I'm just going to move that, Tim, so I can see my notes. I'm just going to pray briefly and then I shall kick off into the sermon for this morning. Lord, I pray that my thoughts and words will be acceptable to you and will find a home within people's minds and hearts. And that through all of this, your kingdom will come here on earth now. Amen. So... This morning's sermon incorporates both a reflection on the passage from Mark's Gospel, which David just read, and, for a change for most of you, some GCSE and A-level physics. Um, Not because you need to know or understand the physics, but something about the skills of observation and analysis that are present in school science should help all of us um, in our wider adult life. So... This also demonstrates that my licensing isn't about a sudden change. I had a long conversation with Ronan, my eldest son, about, which included the idea that my life wasn't changing. Uh, yesterday, licensing, it was a big flag, a very stately flag, um, full of lots of pomp and ceremony. But my ministry, my life, my work carries on. It has carried on, it will carry on. So, it's not about a sudden change in life and work, but it's building on a ministry which has been present throughout my life. And conversely, my life and the experiences in sound and lighting, dealing with electric motors, leak detection, lamp bulbs, teaching physics, and the assessment of science 
are also integrated into my ministry and are a package of who I am. So this phase in my life is a continuation of over 50 years of sharing the gospel. My sister and I, a few years ago, were going through my parents' belongings and we found a newspaper cutting about my first record of preaching, aged 16. The youth group that I was part of started a monthly service in a retirement home and the newspaper reports that Neil Wade, brackets, aged 16, gave the talk. Um, Those services, which we started, continued long after I left home for university for almost 30 years. And that's just one of the aspects of life that's had an impact. At times, my life was not about sharing the gospel directly, but allowing others to be heard clearly as they shared the gospel, whether it was preachers or musicians with public address systems in concert halls and cathedrals. And the 20 years in engineering gave me a breadth of examples to use to illustrate lessons in school. Students were particularly amused that one of my specialist subjects was light bulbs. I even got to talk to sixth form students in Zambia about how physics related to all forms of illumination. So, today, we are particularly looking at evidence. Observations and keeping records. Good scientific practice and how that fits into a Bible-based sermon. Quite often, conclusions that we reach may be limited They may include errors or misunderstandings or may just be one of a range of possible interpretations from the same observations. Explaining the development of human understanding of a theme to GCSE students, I used to use ideas about the Earth's place in the universe. You can imagine diagrams and cartoons drawn on the board as I talk. I did get the flip chart, but I decided I'd save the cartoons for a 9.30 service. But I talk about Og and Ugg, two cave dwellers, when caves were seen as the ideal place to live, dry and warmer than the outside, and preferably without bears already in occupation. They had their ideas about their environment. The earth was flat, there was an edge, Friends who went out to sea in boats could be seen to fall over the edge and didn't normally come back. The mountain, the mountain behind them that threw fire and molten rock out was obviously stoked by a malevolent creature somewhere beneath the Earth's surface. The sun and moon were driven across the sky in their daily journeys and nightly journeys and found their way back to the start. And the stars themselves hung from some kind of dome or cover, like the silver cover over a dinner plate. They were so wrong, but based on the information they had, they built a story that fitted their observations. Humans have always had cognitive skills and the capacity to learn, and these were facilitated by the development of language and by means of communication. And it's not that today we've suddenly become something special nor significantly different in our understanding of what's around us. Ideas of a non-flat earth circulated around 300 BC 
and Aristotle's credited as one of the first to attempt to calculate the circumference around the equator of a spherical Earth. A revised understanding developed based on the behavior of shadows. This idea changed the model, and a new model was constructed. And because we humans are so important, the Earth has to be at the center of the universe. Earth with the moon and the sun orbiting, without a need to go back to the start each morning, the planets outside that, and finally, the stars, which was fine until Galileo and Copernicus came up with different ideas and the planets were seen to actually perform a dance with retrograde motion moving backwards. So we couldn't be in the middle. So the sun was in the middle and everything went round the sun. And then finally, we understood that the sun was just one of those stars in clusters called galaxies and that in general stars and galaxies are moving apart from each other and all of this might have started with a big bang using evidence of cosmic background radiation inadvertently picked up by a telephone system using microwave communications in the 1960s. So what changed? Planets, stars and galaxies still existed. They continued to behave in exactly the same way. Were the cavemen, the early scientists, deficient in their ability to understand? Or was it that they didn't have the information? More than that, they didn't have instruments that allowed them to make measurements or observations to allow them to understand that universe. So, moving to the Bible and heading towards our passage today from Mark's Gospel, I want to consider our human knowledge and understanding of God. Right at the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, we find God at work as the creator. The author credits God with speaking, but there's no one to hear the dialogue. Man has not yet arrived. The Spirit of God hovers over the waters, but there's no one there to see it. However, the bold statement here demonstrates a solid belief that from the beginning, God is creator, and God, the Holy Spirit, was with God, the creator, at work in our world. And God continues his work through the Bible, through the Old Testament, meeting with Hagar, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Gideon, Solomon, Elijah. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, has over a hundred references in the Old Testament, giving extraordinary powers in Numbers, Judges, Samuel, and as the force behind the prophets, Ezekiel and Isaiah, and plenty of references in the Psalms. Some might argue that God's appearances in human form prefigured Jesus, and certainly there are texts in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. Although, in my opinion, Jesus as the Son of God in human form doesn't arrive in our time until his birth in Bethlehem. So, what's the earlier physics lecture to do with any of this, and how does it help me clarify my statements about Jesus? It's about observations, it's about understanding. From our reading in Mark's Gospel, now, finally, there is physical evidence of each of the Trinity available for those present to witness and for Mark to record. The Holy Spirit appears and is seen descending like a dove. Jesus is there as a physical entity, entirely human, 
living in human, a human life amongst those around him. Those disciples, using the sense of touch, could just have reached out and touched him. And there's the voice of God heard by those present, identifying Jesus as much more than just human. He says, you are my son. He puts the two of them, God, Father and Son, in a continuous relationship. These observations and records aren't a theory reverse-engineered to explain some prior hypothesis. This is Mark reporting the news. For Mark's gospel, I think, like our current newspapers, I imagine Mark being the I, tabloid in size, but relatively serious in reporting the news succinctly and accurately. John, the theologian, in his broadsheet gospel, takes the observation and starts to develop a theology. With the opening of his gospel, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In God's time, not our time, Jesus was there at the creation. Jesus was God. Jesus became man in our time. Jesus is still God outside our time, but alongside our time. This event at Jesus' baptism in our reading is referred to or celebrated by some as theophany, the encounter with God in all three persons in an observable form. And we have an eyewitness account. How do we, all these years later, observe these three persons of God? Back to physics. Who believes magnetism exists? I trust... Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that some of you do. Have any of you ever seen magnetism? Yes? You've seen the effect of magnetism. So, we see, and absolutely fine point, Jane, we see the effect of magnetism. We use the effect of gravity to measure our weight. We don't have anything that actually measures weight. What we do is to use the gravitational force between us and the Earth to stretch a spring or have an effect on some components, which gives us a number. We're using the effect, and we take, we take every day those effects as numbers which give us a measurement and something absolute. Our electricity, our meters do not count electrons, but they do use the effect of those electrons to turn out a meter reading, which then charges us money. In terms of our Christian faith, then, we can engage with God, as Simon's already said, through the Bible. We have witness accounts, such as Mark's Gospel. We can engage with God in prayer, by direct guidance, by him making himself known to us. We can experience the Holy Spirit. And we can see the Holy Spirit at work by the effects that it has on us or in others. 
in a slightly different way, we can engage with Jesus through an ongoing relationship which comes about by faith in him. And this is the one point that requires an action from us rather than just an observation. Unlike Mark, who heard and saw these things for himself and was in the presence of the human Jesus, we're working with observations which are not direct. But we can point to others. We can point to those eyewitness accounts of the amazing things that took place. And we can witness to amazing things that still take place. And we can witness to our own experiences of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having an effect on our lives. We cannot necessarily show the power of God itself, but we can show its effect on us. And the final point from today's passage is to highlight God the Father's comment to his Son when he says, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Our human experience of parenting may have been less than perfect. I, and possibly others here, may find that we are less than comfortable with this model of parenting. The idea of being told that we are loved or that someone is pleased with us may not have been our growing up experience. Sometimes this may have been because of lack of emotional capability or vocabulary to express this. It may also be that we have difficulty in accepting compliments, resulting in downplaying it. Oh, it was nothing. Anyone would have done it. And possibly the the, the worst of all for today's sermon, don't mention it. Don't mention it. As believers in Christ, as children of the Heavenly Father, God says to each of us, you are my child, whom I love with whom I am well pleased. This does not mean that God isn't concerned with our behavior or he doesn't require us to come to repentance leading to forgiveness. But I want to promote today that the relationship with God is empowering. It's positive. And from his intention, it works for good. He knows the potential within each of us. He created us. So here we are today, in the presence of God, Father, Creator, Jesus, Incarnate Son, and Holy Spirit, the Helper. Be assured by the witnesses who saw and heard. Be assured by the experience of people's ongoing relationship that this God in three persons cares for each one of us with a depth beyond human understanding. And be prepared to accept the gift on offer of an eternal relationship without hesitation or embarrassment. It's for real. And for each one of us here who's confident already in that relationship, as we go out and about our business and our work and meeting people during this this week, regarding your faith, my words to you are do mention it and having spoken now about the trinity about the faith about the foundations of that faith I would like to invite you if you are able 
to join with the creed, which is the next thing on the back sheet of your service sheet, the Nicene Creed, stating our belief in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So would you please stand and say the creed with me? We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified unto Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen.